From Olympic City and the home of Pikes Peak, this is the Automotive ADHD Show. Yeah, here we are rocking it for another great edition of the Automotive ADHD Show. My name is Matt West, here to talk to you today about cars. Oh man, I have a massively loaded show and I'm going to be changing up the show's format a little bit today. I have a very, very special guest. I want to be able to give them as much time as possible and also uh, I don't want to keep them waiting too long here. So we're going to kind of break things into two segments. Normally I do the show in three parts. We're just going with two. So in the second half of the show, I'm going to have my uh, special guest, by the way, who is an entrepreneur, a uh, business owner, runs a detailing business and he's a TikTok creator who's been viewed literally millions of times uh, and he, he might also be an R34 owner. So this is really cool. You got to stick around for this interview. Uh, and before that, going to be hitting on some other uh, quick topics uh, like Subaru, how they are not officially or they are officially not going to do a new WRX STI. The new WRX came out. There will not be an STI version. Also going to talk about the next biggest crime on the rise. Uh, not catalytic converter thefts. It's uh, it's worse than that. And uh, then, of course, some fun stuff about Acuras and manual transmissions and why we're winning with the manual transmission game. And it's all good stuff there. So without further ado, ladies, gentlemen, Skyline R34s, uh, let's talk about that Subaru WRX real quick. Okay, so the new WRX came out months ago to much criticism for its uh, plastic, terrible fender flares. Uh, I don't like how they look. Subaru says they're for aerodynamic purposes. And I, uh, my opinion at the time, I you could hear me talk about it on this show Uh, back then as uh, well, uh, a few months back. But my opinion is, what aerodynamic benefits are you seeing on a 200-some horsepower sedan? I mean, come on. It's (laughs) whatever, whatever. But, you know, everyone said, no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because we are holding out for a WRX STI. Of course, STI being the top-trimmed Subaru models with the most power, of course, the big wing, you know, all the good stuff. And uh, Subaru, though, has said uh, in a statement that there will not be an STI version, and they're not even just delaying it. They said because of restrictions, and here's this, I'll I'll quote this. They did an interview with Road & Track, uh, and uh, hat tip to uh, Mac Hogan at the uh, Road & Track for this. Uh, Subaru, uh, one of their uh, uh, public affairs folks, said, quote, if we designed a new STI now, it would have a very limited shelf life, uh, going on to say the regulations are changing so quickly that it wouldn't make any sense. Now, that was actually the director of corporate communications, uh, Dominic Infante. Infante? I'm bad at those last names. But anyway, that's what he said. He he knows his stuff with Subaru. Let me just throw that out there. And by what, what they mean by that is that uh, they are expecting... A uh, oncoming onslaught of regulations that are uh, emissions regulations that are going to make the uh, STI not a thing that they can that they can sell, which is tragic. I know the Subaru guys are going to be going around. They they're not going to have new STIs to drive around in while they're vaping and <laughs> whatever else it is Subaru owners do. Does the vape? By the way, does the vape juice like doing the whole vape thing? Does that just get them ready for like you know see the that, that maybe gets them used to seeing smoke? You know the inevitable head gasket failure, ringland failure. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I love Subarus as well. I'm I'm sort of a closet Subaru fan. I like to clown on them, but gosh, the WRX, 
especially if you rallied one, man, oh man, I not enough people rally those cars. Enough, uh, too many people stance them out, and too many people even do grip and track racing with them. Those cars need to be on the rally. That is my official opinion. They're great cars. Uh, despite all the memes, they're fun, and no STI version is on the way. They they are saying that uh, the STI may return as a uh, plug-in hybrid. Yeah, none of us want to hear that. None of us want to hear that, but they said, uh, you know, I get this, right? From a corporate standpoint, it makes sense. They have to... Um, they have to be able to, you know, sell this car and, you know, put all this money and design and effort and resources into designing a car and selling it. And they need to return a profit on that car. And honestly, if the car's life cycle, because, you know, new emissions regulations are coming in a lot of countries, uh, if the car's life cycle is too short for them to actually turn a profit on the vehicle, at the end of the day, Subaru, like everything, is in the business of making money. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. That said, the STI brand still exists. Uh, a lot of the JDM cars have uh, STI versions of not just the WRX, but, um, you know, all of Subaru, not all of their lineup, but a good chunk of their lineup in Japan, at least, you know, Japan getting all the cool stuff. Uh, they do have um, STI versions of different vehicles. So anyway, moving on to some uh, other stuff, perhaps cooler than not getting a WRX STI is uh, manual transmission. So get this, um, the Acura, uh, the new Acura Integra, by the way, overwhelmingly, you know, it, it came out, I talked about it a little while ago, and uh, one of the big selling points is it has a manual transmission. And VTEC, how cool is that, right? Well, overwhelmingly, the orders are in, and over 70% of orders have been optioned with a manual transmission. Over 70, yeah, and... Uh, and that's that's incredible. That's incredible. So because like you look at the manual transmission sales in this country right now, and uh, they are, uh, I mean, abysmal. They're terrible. I mean, you know, manual transmissions count for single digits as far as percentage wise of new cars sold, except in that new Integra. You know, everyone is sold on the Honda manual transmission. They have historically been one of the uh, they have made one of the best shifting transmissions, whether it's their front-wheel drive cars, whether it's in their S2000, the NSX. Honda knows how to make a good shifting transmission for, you know, pure driver enjoyment. I love that. Uh, for context here, by the way, um, the uh, uh, Integra uh, that was sold back from the 80s all the way through the early 2000s, the different generations of Integra, uh, the manual transmission option was roughly 50% of their sales. Well, now it's 70, and you know what? That means we are winning. Yes, I, <laughs> we're winning at this. Absolutely. So uh, there you go. Now, I'm getting through. I know I'm getting through these topics fast, but that's because I got my guest. He's coming up. So before, the last thing before my guest here, this is something that, um, that's been hitting a little uh, a close to home. Uh, last week, you know, I, I talked about my mother having her uh, catalytic converter stolen off of her vehicle in broad daylight. And uh, I mean, good for her. She, she chased the thieves off. She did a good job there, but not before they got one of the cats and now the next uh, thing and you may have seen this on your local news affiliates or wherever uh gas tank thefts well not the thefts of the gas tank but rather the fuel in the tank with uh fuel especially in areas in you know, like california that are soaring past seven dollars a gallon um 
the uh, uh, the thing is, uh, it's getting popular to steal gas, and people have been stealing gas for decades. That's why modern cars typically have uh, you know anti siphon uh, you know filler necks and all sorts of things uh, you know going to the gas tank. Well, because of all the anti theft measures that have been implemented in the past with you know <laughs> with ga- with with cars uh, locking gas caps, all of the above, right? Well, with all of that uh, has come. Uh, thieves, thieves are now just drilling into the gas tanks. They're 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 bypassing all of it, going for the soft plastic gas tanks that we have in most modern cars and uh, stealing the gas. Which, come on, like my take on that, right? Like if you're gonna steal gas, like come on, man, steal or steal something that doesn't cost me so much more money. And it's not the gas is expensive, right? Maybe you got a hundred bucks worth of gas in that tank. The fact is, replacing the gas tank can be thousands of dollars see this is what gets me right i don't like criminals in the first point in the first place but what gets me is that they are benefiting maybe a hundred bucks hundred bucks maybe if they do it in a night and they're hitting a lot of them they're getting a couple hundred bucks yeah if you're selling meth that's a pretty good deal but you're costing the people you're stealing from thousands and you as the criminal don't even benefit from that thousands of dollars at least the guy stealing catalytic converters you know, yeah, they're doing equally thousands of dollars of damage to vehicles because cats are expensive. And, you know, if you take it to a uh, shop to have it installed as well, it's um, I believe the uh, insurance quote my mom got on her vehicle that had the cat stolen was like three thousand dollars. It's it's not an insignificant amount of money. And, uh, you know, but the the thieves who are stealing cats, I'm not defending them here, but at least they're a little smarter in the fact that they're profiting you know, a good amount of change uh, on those catalytic converters when they sell them, uh, when they resell them. And uh, the gas thieves? No! They're getting like a hundred bucks and causing thousands of dollars of damage. But you know what? The solution to this, uh, I haven't seen a good solution, which, you know, uh, from, you know, all these law enforcement agencies are saying, well, lock your gas caps. It doesn't matter because they're drilling into the tank. It doesn't matter. But the true solution and the stance guys the stance guys have had this right all along. If there was one thing the stance dudes were right about, am I saying the stance dudes are right about anything? Oh, I am. They are right about this. And that is, if your car is too low to get underneath, they can't get your gas. So for once, the dudes with, you know, like negative 10 degrees of camber and airbags and all that crazy stuff, non-performance parts, for once, they're winning. And I hate to say it. What a world we live in that the stance guys are winning at life by not having their gas stolen. I don't know. I don't know. All you got to do, though, keep your head on a swivel. Watch out for that stuff. And uh, you know what? We are going to move on here. I got a really, really exciting guest. He has uh, been viewed millions of times on TikTok. He's a business owner. He's coming up right here in the next segment. Every day, thousands go without the ability to buy necessary and life-saving parts. Parts like turbos, coilovers, and wheels. I'm Steve Turbocharged BRZ. It doesn't run because I can play with my connecting rod through the hole in my block. Project cars sit unfinished, waiting for parts, collecting dust. My name is Todd, and I bought a rotary. It's okay, bro, we'll uh, swap it. But no more. You, yes you, can make a difference. For as little as $5 per month, you can put an end to Project Car suffering and support your favorite podcast. Patreon.com slash Throttle Warrior. Donate now and receive special perks. Sponsored by Autoholics Anonymous and the Speed Council. 
yeah, that is uh, Brad Stapp's turbocharged Chevy Silverado with an LS and uh, ripping a mad burnout right there. Now, of course, if you would, like Brad did, if you would like to send your car sounds into the show for a chance to be entered to win a automotive ADHD keychain and a $25 gift certificate to your favorite auto parts store, you could do that. I draw those winners at the end of every single month. Now, by the way, Brad assures me that that burnout was done, you know, Run private property, so just making sure we're we're all good there. Don't get yourself in any trouble, by the way, sending car sounds into a podcast. Come on. If you do, if you if you do, by the way, don't blame me, but also I need to know what the police officer's reaction to that excuse is. Please, for the love of God, you have to tell me that. Now, anyway, I don't want to keep my uh, guest here waiting any longer. So without further ado... My next guest is someone who is a entrepreneur uh, who started his own auto detailing business at the age of 18, now with a full staff of employees. Now, he's also been featured on television news. He's a successful TikTok creator with nearly 10 million total views, and he's an R34 Skyline owner, Sebastian Wolfgram. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on this. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, we're going to go deep into your business, Show Car Auto Spa. But I also want to talk a little bit about you. You're 18. You're a car guy. Where did you get your start with cars? Yeah, I um, I pretty much was like 15 years old. Um, I was wanting my first car, and it was actually a Jeep Cherokee XJ. Um, my girlfriend's pretty much family in a way. Uh, they were into cars, and it kind of got me into it. Um, also, just a few other friends kind of introduce, introducing me to cars, if that kind of makes sense. Uh, and I started just liking them. You know, my first car that kind of brought me into the scene was a uh a chevy 454 ss short bed truck from the 90s nice. um, it, was, it was in 1993 and that truck made me fall in love with cars um it was just something so unique and so fun just to drive around in um so I, that was one of my dream trucks i wanted to accomplish in life was to be able to get one of those uh which i was you know fortunate enough to be able to get um but i uh yeah, it's pretty much how I got into cars, and uh, then I started getting into flipping cars um, pretty much because I, I didn't really want to work for anyone else, and I saw it as a great side hustle, and then it turned into a main hustle. So I started flipping my personal vehicles um, just as I'd have a car for three, four months, and then I'd flip it for another car, um, and then I'd use the cash I saved up to be able to put on top. Um, I'd always double my money on every single car. Um, I'd always make sure if I'm getting into a car and I'm driving it that I could be able to double my money by the time I sell it. Um, wow. And then I, yeah, crazy <laughs> that's, stuff. That's, I, I mean, making money on cars <laughs> is a really hard business. That is tough. I'm really good at losing money on said cars, but <laughs> <laughs> luckily that hasn't happened yet. But <laughs> I, I've gotten very fortunate just to be able to score some deals. Um, and I've always driven around reliable cars that I've been able to keep kind of down with the insurance and maintenance costs and stuff like that. Um, but then I started actually flipping cars full time and and then that kind of brought me into detailing. So detailing kind of came along with flipping cars because I needed to create these cars to like look very, very nice. So detailing came along and I decided to turn into a full-time business and actually hire staff because you can't really scale flipping cars unless you open a dealership. Uh, so I decided, hey, let's you know turn this thing into a full-time business and see where we can get with it. 
Absolutely. That's awesome. So, so your, your detailing business kind of came out of necessity then, right? Cause you weren't, you weren't just like, I'm going to start a detailing business because <laughs> I'm going to do that. That came out as a, as a need because you were selling these cars and you needed to detail them too. Yeah. I had like mediocre equipment. So I had like a like power washer and a bristle extractor and stuff like that. And that was like mediocre. Um, I wasn't really detailing anyone else's cars. So it was just the ones that I was, uh, pretty much, flipping uh and also my personal cars as well uh and then i did find um a van that i was liking and i saw a post on instagram that night and i sent the post to my dad and i already moved out at that point i've already moved out i sent the post to my dad and he was like he was like i don't know it seems like a lot of work and it was out in los angeles so okay um that was a long ways away and I had to drive it all the way back. So the next morning, I, or th- that night, I booked a flight for the next morning uh, to Los Angeles, and I bought the van, um, and it had all the equipment in it, and I brought it back. So I had to sell. I had to sell my personal vehicle just to be able to afford uh, this business venture. Wow! Let's see that 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 investment rolls that you sold that you invested in a business, and then you, you made more vehicles, basically. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. And, so, and that's how it was. <laughs> well, and, and to clarify too, I didn't mention this earlier. You're running a mobile detailing business, yeah. so you've got your van, and everything is out of the back of your van, and you're able to go to clients' houses, you know, so they don't have to come to you now. Uh, was there any, aside from, you know, just getting the van, was there any other kind of business reason you wanted to go with, uh, mobile detailing as far as like maybe overhead goes and other things like that? Um, it actually, I wasn't really too worried about it. There's nothing, the real reason why this happened and it just kind of happened out of nowhere. Um, I already knew how to detail. I just knew I had to work with more professional equipment. So I, they already had all the equipment. The overhead was pretty much taken care of at that point. Uh, but my main thing was, is I sold my my personal vehicle the week before, which is a Jeep Wrangler, which I've been flipping and flipping and flipping personal cars to be able to get to this Jeep Wrangler. And um, I sold that. And for the exact amount I sold a Jeep Wrangler for, that van popped up a week really? later. And I just knew it was like kind of meant to be. And I saw such a potential in it because the van is on bags. It's on air suspension. has big Brembo say, yeah, Brave. It's, it's yeah. on air, airbags. I saw that. I was like, dude, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So there, there was a lot of um, just opportunity and being able to find a niche. And that's what I like in like trying to start a business. I, this is not my first business I've started. Uh, so I pretty much was like, wow, you know, it's such a unique van. I could definitely create something out of it. I didn't really see anything like that here in Colorado. And um, there's such a big car scene. So I figured why not take the chance and, uh, you know, see what I can do with it. Right. The car scene here is kind of like untapped potential, in my opinion, because like we've got we've got Pikes Peak here, right? You you tell, you know, you you tell anybody, oh, where are you from? Oh, Colorado. You know, I've talked to people like out of country as well. Where are you from? Colorado. Uh, Colorado Springs. Oh, where's that? Oh, do you know Pikes Peak? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know Pikes Peak. And that I mean, immediately, that's, you know, yeah. that's a recognizable thing. But we have that race. We've got Pikes yep. Peak International Raceway here in our backyard. Um, you know, it, it it's a car scene that has so much potential. And yet, like you say, yeah, no one was was doing stuff like that yet. And yeah. uh, that's that's what's really cool. So, you know, noticing a gap in the market and taking advantage of it. Um that's really cool. Now, let's talk a little bit about your your detailing setup that you you have. Like, what sort of things do you do as services with detailing? You know, not just cleaning cars. Are you doing um, you know paint protection, clear bra stuff like that? Yeah. So we actually do paint corrections and ceramic coatings, and then at the end of the month, we are adding PPF. Uh, so. With paint corrections, ceramic coatings, that's literally what we do all day long. Uh, just because detailing, 
yeah, that's a it's a great market to be in, um, and we'll still offer detailing as as long as we want. Um, but the only thing is, the profits just aren't aren't really there. You know, to be able to sustain employees, you know, you really have to uh, get those high ticket items. And then at the end of the month, um, we have a new employee who's pretty much on. Um, he is getting sent down to Florida um, for a training class on PPF. We're going to get him certified. Uh, so at the end of the month, we can start doing PPF. Awesome. Yeah. I, you know, and that's one thing too, you know, you, you look at the cost of PPF and you look at the labor involved in it too, and doing it right and doing it well. That's one of those things that, you know, you get guys like, Oh, I could do it myself. No, it's it. That's one of those things you got to have a guy who's really good at it, you know? And, and, and for me, I've, I have friends who've worked in the uh, vinyl wrap business. It, it's similar in many ways. And, you know, it's yep. always the case of some guys like, oh, I could do it myself better. And then they spend the money on the material a week later. They come into your shop anyway because they messed it up and they need you to fix it. And then you spend twice as much trying to fix it. So I totally get that, too. You know, wanting to get your guy trained up, be able to provide that professional service that people really yeah. need. That is, and that is cool. we're already we're already certified by about three ceramic coating companies for paint corrections as well. Wow! Uh, and paint corrections, you can't just like really dive into it and uh, you know expect to not burn through paint because uh, <laughs> trust me, it'll happen. Uh, so I try to train my guys um, personally, just because I'm you know I'm pretty good at what I do. Uh, and they, they know that I know what I'm doing when it comes to paint corrections, ceramic coatings, detailing, anything like that. Um, I don't really do too much of the dirty work, I guess you could say. Um, I've already ran the company by myself for a hot minute and, um, I decided to hire employees so I could focus on the business, you know, focus on working on the business and not working for the business. Uh, so that was my most important thing. Right. And even then, you know, you might be hands off, but I mean, once you yep. hit that point as a business owner, that's sometimes maybe your busiest point too. You know, you're you're orchestrating everything. You're the the puppet master there trying to get everything to fall into place and still working with clients and doing that. I mean, that's a I think an underappreciated thing when it comes to being a business owner too. Yep. And and that's what we I was just in a meeting before this podcast, uh, just trying to negotiate everything and try to get everything in place for the next for these next three weeks, uh, just because there is snow in the forecast. You know, if it snows, we can't really do too much. So we have to move people around. Uh, we have to get all of our booking requests into place. Um, and then we have to make sure all of our contracts are ready as well, uh, because we can't just, you know, put someone in front of our contracts just you know, you just have to make sure everything's in place. So I, I make sure, you know, my manager is uh, pretty much on in the loop, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So now you're also launching a cleaning chemicals line, if I heard correctly, and an online detailing school. Tell me a little bit about yeah. that. So I did do a online pretty much one-on-one -on -one help for detailing, paint corrections, ceramic coatings, just really how to run the business. I do like consulting calls. Uh, and that's uh, it's on our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash detailing. And that is pretty much – I literally work with these people one-on-one. -on -one. There's a live chat that you're connected with me. I help you get your LLC all set up. I help you source a van. Um, I get you set up with discounts for uh, detailing supplies. I list everything out that you need. Uh, I do course videos on there. They're like 30 minutes each. Um, and we pretty much go over – 
what needs to get done to get started. And then I help you along the way. So it's like once a month we do consulting calls. Um, so I'm able to guide you one-on-one uh, with the chemical line. That's probably the most exciting thing. If you ask me, I am, <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Oh yeah, dude. That, large... I saw that's cool. That's like, I was like, I got to talk about that too. <laughs> I ever since the beginning of TikTok, people were asking me, Hey, like, what do you use for chemicals? What do you use for chemicals? Can you send me a link for all your chemicals? And I'm like, okay, I can, but why would would I want to promote someone else's business when I can just make my own, make my own chemicals? Uh, so for about four or five months, uh, I've pretty, pretty much has been researching, getting samples in, finding the right company to work with. Um, and then I pretty much wanted to create a little bit more control over the business. Um, you know, it was really hard because sometimes we're out of, they're out of stock of a certain chemical that we need, um, or some chemical goes up in value or goes up in the price. Uh, we have to kind of accommodate for that. And I was kind of getting sick of it. <laughs> so, um, I, I, it's a large investment up front. Um, but the chemicals are going to pay for themselves. What I'm going to pretty much do is be able to sell the chemicals online on, you know, promote it on TikTok, Instagram, stuff like that, and then also sell it out of the van. So whenever we show up to a client's house, um, I'm pretty much going to be demonstrating for the detailing, like, hey, these are how our chemicals work. Uh, And then if you want to keep it looking like this, we could sell you this, we could sell you that. Um, And just make it super easy for the client to be able to maintain their vehicle. Uh, Because we, you know, are a high-end detailing business and we use high-end chemicals. I made sure that the chemicals that we're using for, you know, Show Car Care, which is the name of our chemical line, will be uh, better than the chemicals that we were using before. So we're releasing 13 chemicals uh, here in the next month and a half. Wow. My guest, Sebastian Wolfgram, business owner, entrepreneur, (laughs) detailer, and also a successful TikTok creator. Let's roll into TikTok here. So you've had great success, you know, many, many millions of views with your TikTok, your, you know, promoting your business, what you do with cars. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so I actually started TikTok um, on a personal account, and I started as fun. I think it was when I was like 16. Yeah, I was 16 years old. Uh, I started this for fun, and I amassed right around a million followers within just a few months going on TikTok. And uh, I sold that personal account um, just because I didn't really like where the account was going and I wanted to create like a business TikTok, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and I just wasn't really funneling my audience into buying anything or buying a service or really producing me any income. So it wasn't really benefiting anything at all. So I was, I had this large audience, so I sold it off. Um, I only got 1500 bucks for it. Um, but uh, my, my new accounts, I literally just use them for business. That's, that's my, my main thing. I have a personal one. Um, but what I did was when I first had that account, I studied the algorithm and what was getting pushed out on the for you page. Cause that's the most important thing. Uh, the algorithm changes all the time. And if you don't grab someone within the first one second of a video, they're just going to scroll right past. Right. You have to use the right sounds. You cannot have a clip go over two seconds uh, just because the person's going to get bored. There's a short time span to be able to keep people in your video. Uh, so you want people rewatching your video, sharing the video. You want people commenting. You want everything to happen, and that's going to create the perfect storm and be able to go on that For You page. So I know exactly which video is going to blow up and which one isn't. I don't really care if it blows up because I like the slow progress of building an audience because it makes my audience actually care about what I do. You know, they 
they're actually really intrigued with what we do. They uh, they follow along, they see our progress, and they see where we were from the beginning, and that's what I enjoy. So I never really care too much if it blows up. If it does, great. You know, we may gain a few more clients. Um, but I, I really care about creating good content, help, helping young detailers and young entrepreneurs uh, get to where they want in life. Awesome, man. That is so cool. And, you know, again, too, I mean, the fact that you've built this this sort of detailing empire, right? And you're 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 a young dude, right? You're you've got your peers, you know, just you know, they just graduated high school. They're trying to figure out, you know, what to do. Oh, do I want to go to college and do this major, that, you know, and whatnot? And and here you are with with a business, you know. And how how do you think your mentality is different when it comes to that because you need that commitment you need that uh, you know dedication to what you're what you do you know how how have you done that uh i just always had like a flame in me if that kind of makes sense uh it's i i went to college for one year so i graduated high school early um and i went to college for one year for business and it was all the stuff that i can learn in business so you have to do business to learn business. You have to learn from your mistakes and that's how you're only going to get better. And that's how you're going to be able to take those risks to be able to get the reward. Uh, so I pretty much just took the risk and it was risky. You know, I was, I was sleeping out of my car or not really sleep out of my car, but I was couch surfing for about three months. Uh, you know, when I left my parents' house and, uh, you know, but it opened up a lot of opportunities for me and I was able to start my business and really just focus on that. Um, but yeah, when it comes to other peers, you know, they, I'm not going to say not go to college because, you know, if you want to be an engineer, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, go to college. If you, if you just don't know what to do with your life, you know, it, it really depends on everybody's situation. I'm not going to say not go to college or go to college because education is key. And even though I didn't go to college, I'm still educating myself every single day on something new. Wow. Yeah, dude, that that is so cool. And uh, now I, I know you're a busy man. I know you're a busy man, but I got I got one more thing I got to ask you yeah. about. OK, and you probably get asked this at every single gas station you go to your car, your the project car that you have R 34 Skyline. And uh, this is was is really cool as well. So through your business, you've managed to get, you know, a, a car you've definitely been wanting for uh, a long time. T- tell me real quick, a little about a bit about your skyline, and also how on earth you you have it. Those R thirty fours are like you can't get those. Yeah, so it was actually my girlfriend's family. Like I said, you know, they they had some cars, and um, you know, they 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 got it here in the states, and it was already here in the states from a private collector slash museum down in Southern California um where they bought it from so it was here they never drove it i was the only one that really was interested in it so i started my business two days after i bought the business out of la um i went to them and bought the r34 with cash and it was just something that i was wanting i'd at that point I wanted it to be able to use it for the business. I wanted to be able to promote, be able to meet people like for connections, go to car shows, uh, and be able to really just expand my business further than what even just a van can do. And the bag detail van just on top made it 10 times better. <laughs> it, yeah, it was I was going to say, those, those like parts next perfect, to each other. It was a perfect mix. Just everything all happened at once. I had my 454 SS as well. Um, and I actually sold the 454 shortly after I bought the Skyline just because, uh, I, I just, ne- I never drove it. I actually bought it and I parked it. So, um, I, I just, I didn't really have time to, 
I didn't really have time to deal with it. So I was trying to start my business. And then two days after that, bought the Arthur before. And that was probably the best thing I could have done. <laughs> Whatever you have to ask yourself, right? Like, should I buy an R34 or shouldn't it? The answer is always yes. It's, it's yeah, yeah, it was, yes. It was scary. It was, <laughs> it was scary. It was a large investment, but I, I really, I really enjoy the car. And I, ever since I first drove that car, it, there's just something about it. You know, there, there was something that made you feel good in it. Um, and it, and it wasn't really the attention. It was just like the, cause the attention is always going to be there. They're just, it's insane. You go anywhere with that car and it's just nonstop attention. But when it comes to the car itself, the driving experience is unmatched. Like I, I got in my, I got my forerunner when I had it right after driving my skyline and there was nothing. I, I just want to go right back to the skyline. So I just always drove it. Um, but yeah, now it's just getting a bigger turbo and it's going to be a little bit faster, uh, better airflow. Uh, so it's definitely getting some work on it right now for, uh, for the spring and summer, you know, the car shows coming up. So it's, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. we got the bagged van. We're going to be sponsoring a bunch of car shows this year. Um, I'm being a guest speaker at a few schools um, for business and, you know, w- what I do exactly. So that's exciting as well. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on, but uh, and a lot of a lot of things, you know, that are kept kept secret until the, until they come out. So there's, there's a lot of upcoming things, and I'm super excited. I, I, you know, a lot of people think, hey, you know, this kid, he started with, he, he he probably got it from his dad. You know, he probably got everything from his dad. It's daddy's money. That's what everybody says on TikTok. Uh, but I can be farther from the truth. Uh, if I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story, uh, January 1st, 2021, I had $100 in my bank account, and I only had my car, and I wow. was sick of it. I texted one of my friends a picture at 6.30 in the morning of me start, like grinding, just starting to, to flip stuff. So I took that $100. I started flipping Xboxes with it. So I turned that $100 into $200, that $200 into $400. Then I started buying weight sets because I, I knew they were in high demand. So I bought all the weight sets I could and then just started flipping those. So I bought them for $35 at Walmart and sell them for $200 on Craigslist and Facebook. Um and I bought every single one in the city. Wow. So that, that was something I did. And I wish people, you know, would understand like, hey, you know, not everything is going to come from your dad. Not everything's going to come from your family. So I started doing that. And I started flipping cars uh, not too long after that. And, and then I was still flipping electronics, still flipping weights. And I grinded for six months to where I can set myself up with a little bit of capital to be able to leverage it against other things as well. So that, that was my big thing was – I wanted to be known by doing it myself and all my friends know all my family know like it was all just me wanting more me wanting more than just what I had at that point and you know they all know I started just by myself I just did it and the thing is it's just starting most people don't know how to start and the best thing the only thing I knew my whole life was flipping stuff I flipped sneakers electronics whatever I could flip um, I just knew flipping could make me money. So that's why I was like, all right, I'm going to quit my job and go flip stuff. <laughs> and then it just turned into other things. <laughs> that, that is awesome. And, and that's the total inspiration too, man. Like, you know, that's one of those things, you know, being a self-made entrepreneur, you know, yep. is it's an incredibly challenging thing. And it's an amazing seeing someone's success paying off. Now, the only other thing I got to ask is where, you, you know, you've reached a point where a lot of people would call what you have reached already success. Like that's the end goal. You're, you're there, but knowing what you just said, you got, you got more in works in the works, you know, what's, yeah. what's going up from here? What's up for you from here? Uh, so when it comes to success, I feel like I'm only in the beginning. Um, I don't even think I've reached 1% of where I can get to. Uh, yeah, my businesses run themselves and 
but I'm still putting in work, you know, I'm still putting in work. And at some point, you know, I definitely, real estate's always been on my mind. Real estate's always been something I've been wanting to do, uh, but it comes down to me being super young, ha- trying to get the, the credit that I need. So, uh, you know, when I was 18 years old, I got my first credit card. Six months after that, I got, you know, my second credit card. And then I increased the, you know, the value or not the value, but the credit, I did a credit increase on the first one. Uh, and then when I turned, you know, 19, I got my first auto loan. I just turned 19 like the other weekend. So, oh, hell uh, yeah. you know, well, hey, happy, <laughs> so, happy belated birthday too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, um, and then hopefully in the next year, uh, just by having that auto loan, um, and then my good proof of income and a good down payment, I could definitely get into a house. Uh, and you know, I'm already in my, my first house and I, and I love it and I'm very fortunate to be able to get into it. Um, but definitely a second house to be able to, uh, you know, rent out for Airbnb and then just build a, build a real estate portfolio off of that, get into commercial real estate. Um, and that's just, that's just what I've been wanting to do is just invest in real estate, invest in a different company, start different companies. Um, I don't think I'll ever just be sitting back and relaxing. Uh, <laughs> cause I, I just enjoy this. It's it, people are like, why don't you find a hobby? And I'm like, you know, you're, I'm not going to be, I'm not who I am today. I turned hobbies into businesses. Right. You, you, you so, you're like, man, my work is my hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's and cool. if there's any hobby that I have, I always try to figure out how I can turn it into a business because obviously other people have the same hobby, whether that be detailing, whether that be having a clean car. Um, you know, because if, if someone has a detailing hobby, then they could buy my chemicals. If they have, if they love their car being clean, but they just all the time, they call me for detailing. So they call me for a paint correction. They call me for a ceramic coating. So success, um, I guess will have to be me not working and just having passive income come in. So <laughs> that would, that would be the greatest thing. <laughs> that, that is the dream. And before I let you go, are there any other, yep. are there any other cars on your radar, by the way, like that you really want, you got it. You got an R34. Like that's pretty cream of the crop. What, what else? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> someone gave me like an insane offer for the R34 and oh, man. <laughs> I started, I started looking, I started looking at Lambos, but <laughs> oh. I have, I have exquisite taste. So I'd have to get like a, uh, a Ferrari, a Ferrari. It would have to be a Ferrari 488 piece though. All, all the Lamborghini fans just tuned out like right there. No. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love, I love Lamborghinis, but, um, yeah, definitely a Ferrari. If I ever had to get like another car. Um, like a Ferrari 488. I'm very frugal, so I'd have to. It'd have to be a really, really good deal, and it'd have to only. It'd have to be pretty much an investment at that point. But a lot of JDM cars, a lot of uh, exotics. Yes, people can say, "Oh, they're going to crash soon," um, but the demand, the, the supply and demand, is still there. So uh, it all depends on really what comes up next. You know, I I have the Tacoma, I have the R34. I think probably a Ferrari. I think my next. I think a, a good entry level Ferrari would be a naturally aspirated. Uh, 458. Hell yeah. I love the body lines um, of the 458. And then I can move up to a 450 or a 488. So uh, we'll see what comes along. You know, if there's a deal in front of me, I'll definitely have to uh, <laughs> think on it. So, oh, uh, but man. no, no, I'm investing into my businesses. That's my one thing is I'm very, very frugal. So I invest all my money right back into my businesses. So it won't be for a hot minute. Well, that's the way to do it, though, and it'll be even that much more rewarding when you get it, though. After that, oh point. yeah, that'll be, oh yeah, that'll be good. Well, hey, follow him on TikTok, Instagram, Sebastian Wolf Graham, and uh, Show Car Auto Spa. Now, Sebastian, I would love maybe in the future to extend an offer for you to come back on the show as well, and maybe we could dive into some details of 
like detailing, you know, the details of detailing. But uh, dive into that too, you know, maybe provide some insight to, you know, the uh, my, my listeners here a little bit about what you do in more specifics with the car detailing and that stuff too. That would be a great thing. If you'd love to come back on, I'd love to have you. All right. Thank you. There you go. Sebastian Wolfgram, my guest, and uh, maybe I need to reach out to him for some uh, auto detailing services on my terrible, terrible cars. I don't know. I'll have to ask about that next time uh, he's on the show. Now, hey, I want to remind you, by the way, to uh, send in your uh, car sounds, of course, to the show for a chance to win a $25 gift certificate and the automotive ADHD keychain, which as it happens, I do have one right here. And it not only attaches to your keys, but it also tells your friends that you have questionable tastes in podcasts. So if you'd like to do that, facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. And of course, you can email me, Matt, at throttlewarrior.com. And last thing before I go, I want to remind you that you can get early access to this show uh, by subscribing to the Patreon, and you can hear it on the radio, 91.7 KLZR, Voice of the Wet Mountain Valley. Now, I want to thank you for joining me on this special edition of the show, and I will see you next time, same time, same place when I run my Ferrari in reverse to get the miles off. I'll see you then.